1: Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and pilots, and from traveling around the world. This episode is called Power Struggles because on the airplane, like anywhere else, you can have some standoffs. You know, some tugs of war between different groups of people, between the passengers and the flight attendants, between the captain and the co-captain. And on paper, that might not sound like those would be funny stories, (laughs) but you may just be surprised. And at the end of the episode, I'm gonna tell you about a showdown I have with passengers on a regular basis on the airplane. (laughs) Okay, let's get started with our first power struggle. may not be urban legend, but it's sworn to be true that once upon a time, William Shatner was a passenger of the airline, and to put him out of the public eye, they let him use the crown room, even though he was not an actual crown room member. Uh, In a subsequent visit to the airport, he thought he would avail himself of the crown room once again, but was not let past by the crown room agent. When he tried to tell her who he was, and he said, "He's," she said, "But I'm, but I'm William Shatner." And she looked at him blankly, and he said, "You know, Captain Kirk." She said, "I don't care if you are an airline pilot. You're not a crown member. You're not getting in here."
2: So it's on the airplane and the, guy, and the little old lady goes in the bathroom up front and one of the pilots, engineer, goes back to use the restroom and she doesn't know how to lock it. So she's sitting on the toilet with holding onto the doorknob as he's <laughs> trying to open it. And he pulls and she pulls back and finally he gives it a yank and the door flings open and she's still holding onto the end of the doorknob <laughs> on the other side because flying off the toilet, flying in the, in the aisle in first class. <laughs> We're on takeoff, and we're just climbing like a bat out of it. We're just climbing. We're very, very steep. And the gal in the front row said, I want some wine. And the flight attendant said, Sitting next to me said, "You know, ma'am, it's really, really steep. We're, we're really climbing, climbing pretty heavily, and it's and it's kind of not the time to get wine." She says, "I want some wine." <laughs> and the gal looked at her and he says, "We will serve no wine before it's time." <laughs>
0: Apparently there were two aircrafts approaching a city and the tower was contacted by both aircrafts, one American and one United. And the American pilot had a date, so he wanted to get in first. But as it turned out, both were kind of shy as the tower asked them, "What? who wants to come in first? You're both equally distanced from the uh, airport, so who wants to come in? Well, neither wanted to say, I want to come in first. So the American pilot spoke up very Nonchalant and said, uh, American, you go ahead and take it. And the United pilot knew at that moment he had been had.
1: So this is off topic, but I had some excitement last week. I was on NPR, National Public Radio, the Diane Reems show, and I was on for an hour. That show has 1.6 million listeners. (laughs) We're talking big time, not like my little podcast here. And uh, I was so flattered because I love NPR and it was live radio with listeners calling in. So it was a great experience for me. I was very flattered to be even thought of to be on the show and I'll put a link on my site it is uh the show is a little more serious in nature it's about femininity and flight a Harvard uh, professor has written a book on the history of flight attendants so she is not a flight attendant so I'm guessing the reason why they wanted me on the show is to actually have a real flight attendant so people could ask questions and uh I'll tell you live radio that'll that'll keep you on your toes i actually had a sweat going (laughs) but you know it was a great experience and if anybody wants to listen i'll put a link on my site okay let's get back to our power struggles
3: taxing out at uh, jfk new york i'm in a seven six seven And we're blocked by this Air Mexico airplane trying to taxi into the uh, taxiway that we were presently on. So we're talking to the ground controller, and he says, well, the Air Mexico won't talk to us, and we can't get out, and they can't get in. So I said, what should we do? He goes, well, sounds like we have a true Mexican standoff.
1: flight attendant was telling me that this man who was on her flight was just obnoxious and mean and unhappy and she just could not please him no matter what she did. So eventually she gave up trying and then he got even more miffed at her and he said, young lady, I'll have your And she said, oh, you know what? You should take it. You meet the nicest people.
2: This happened back when I was a second officer on a 727. Brand new second officer. Learning how to make uh, passenger address announcements. And uh, we were going across the country one day. And I'm pointing out things on the right-hand side of the aircraft, you know, like, let's say, Mount St. Helens, and then uh, Mount Rainier on the left, and we'll be getting in at this time, and the weather's going to be like this, and then as we get closer to L.A., I probably pointed out Lake Tahoe and someplace else, and all the way along the road. We get down on the ground, land in L.A., standing in the doorway saying goodbye to everybody. Everybody's getting off the airplane, I'm saying goodnight, goodbye, thank you for flying... And I said, uh, I saw these two little old gray-haired, blue-haired ladies coming down the aisle. And the first one comes up to me and she says in her shaky little voice, she says, Oh, I just enjoyed your commentary so much. It's so interesting having all those things pointed out to me. And I was uh, I was glad to know when we were going to get in and all that. And then she starts walking off and her traveling companion comes up right behind her and says, I just wish you'd just shut up. <laughs>
1: I hesitate to do any stories that put flight attendants in a bad light (laughs) I guess that's not a surprise but you know we do have every type of person in our profession just like everybody has different types of people in every profession. And this particular flight, this trip, I was on like a three-day trip. And on the first day, we were didn't have many people in coach, but we were full in first class. And we had um, two flight attendants who, let's just say, aren't go-getters. I don't want to say they're lazy, <laughs> but they tend to be on that side of the work ethic. And I went back and said something to them as they were relaxing, as we were like frantically doing this major service in first class. And I'm like, you know, it would be nice if one of you came up to help. And that didn't make me very popular with those two, to say the least. Um, I was definitely on their bad side. And I felt it the next day. And then on the third day, which is the last day of our trip, we're landing In Los Angeles and they seemed to be very they were definitely in on a conspiracy I could tell something was up I didn't know what it was but (laughs) I kind of thought I was in for it and what had happened and this goes also it reinforces my feelings about this these particular flight attendants um, from earlier Sometimes flight tenants, and I don't like to do it, sometimes flight tenants like to keep the last row of seats in coach open so you can sit because our jump seats aren't very comfortable. Lots of times we sit on like trash carts in the galley. Um, But I I tend to not like to do that because I sort of feel like then passengers don't feel like they can ask us for something when we're sitting in a passenger seat. Anyway, that's just my own personal thing. And these flight tenants had... um, put the tray tables down in the last row of seats so to keep other passengers from going to sit there but you know they're not the flight attendant seats and the passengers do pay to sit there and like i said i i, I don't like to sit there but a lot of flight attendants do it i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but this couple a young guy and girl while we were doing the service came and put the tray tables up and laid down and went to sleep. And you know, they have every right to do that. But apparently these two flight attendants who I wasn't that crazy about, were very angry at the passengers for what they felt like was taking their row. So as we're deplaning, those two flight attendants who were in the back come running up giggling and they're getting off the plane and and all the passengers hadn't even been off yet. And I was thinking what is going on? And then there's this couple in the last row and they said uh our shoes are gone i was like excuse me and they said our shoes are gone we can't find our shoes and i was thinking oh my goodness to get back at the passengers for supposedly taking their row they hid their shoes and left me to deal with it because they were angry with me because i called them lazy (gasps) I was thinking, oh my goodness, how old are we that I'm dealing with this? And, you know, the passengers could have been a lot more upset. I don't think they understood that the flight attendants took their shoes. (laughs) I really thought they lost their shoes. But while they were sleeping, the flight attendants took their shoes. And I started searching the airplane, looking for shoes. And I finally found them in a trash bag in the galley. (sighs) Every once in a while, you get just a crazy day at work.
4: Uh, We're cruising along at 37,000 feet talking about some old airline stories. And uh, one that came up was a story about two airlines who were fighting out uh, had a big competition for market share at a large Southeastern Airport about 15 years ago. And... These two airplanes were taxiing out for takeoff, and uh, the uh, Blue Tail airplane was second in line for takeoff, and the Red Tail airplane was first in line. And uh, Blue Tail just uh, happened to taxi in front of the Red Tail and cut him off and was able to get priority for takeoff, made him number one. Well, the Red Tail didn't take too kindly to that. So the captain is uh, I thought, well, what can we do to him to uh, teach him a lesson? So, as the blue tail airplane was rolling down the runway for takeoff, the red tail airplane sounded his fire warning siren and he uh, caused it to be heard on the radio. He put his microphone up to the siren and it sounded like the uh, red tail airplane had an engine on fire. So, they had to board their takeoff and stop and uh, taxi off and call the fire trucks out and they realized nothing was on fire after all. And there went the uh, red tail airplane taking off. Number one, after all, he got him. <laughs> he
3: got him. And, and back in the early '90s, i plan playing with a guy. He would carry a little toolkit with him, and uh, the 727 had a lot of sharp edges on the instrument panels and everything. And he would start filing them. He would file <laughs> all, all these little sharp edges, and he called them. You know, he's from Texas, and he went to Texas A&M, and he'd call these sharp edges Snaggers, you know, and then that (laughs) old southern drawl, Snaggers. So he'd be filing them all down, and, you know, the first I'm over there, and I'm copying clearance down because we actually had to copy clearance back in the old days instead of just getting it off the A cars. So I'm busy. I mean, I'm running checklists copying down clearance. He's filing. And he fills over. Over to the corner of one of my uh, instrument consoles, and he goes, Oh, hell, you got a snagger over there. <laughs> so he hands me this file, and I'm right handed, and of course, I'm on the right side of the airplane, so he hands it to me left handed, and it's like I'm, I'm talking on the radio with one hand and the right hand, and I got stupid metal file in the left hand. And so I kind of attempt to stroke it over this snagger a couple times, and I hand it back to him, I go, Thanks, Mike, and I'm still talking on the radio. And so he he reaches over and feels this snagger of mine, and he goes, Hell, boy, you just made that thing sharper. It's like, thanks, Mike.
5: I
1: don't like to tell stories that put flight attendants in a bad light, so I certainly. <laughs> I'm not that hip on telling a story that puts me as a flight attendant in a bad light. And this one might be of that persuasion, but you can decide. So I am tall. I'm 5'8", but everybody thinks I'm taller than that. So I call myself a tall 5'8". And on the airplane with a trash cart, and the trash carts are tall also, It it's difficult for me to bend over especially to try to get trash from a passenger at a window seat you know it's it's not easy so it's much nicer for me if the passenger will sort of lift up their trash so i can take it from them and i don't feel like it's a big thing to ask for them to lift it up you know so i will say trash or or can i take that from you and most people will happily hand it to you but there are, are some that you know i don't know if they're They're probably not trying deliberately to be mean but they they expect you to bend over and pick it up well on a long day you know three flights a day and 300 passengers if i bent over all that time i don't think my back could take it so i i do things to politely get them to hand me their trash you know i'll say can i take that for you and if they don't lift it up i'll I'll take the next person the next person on the other side and usually then they'll They'll see everybody else lift it up, so they'll lift it up, so it's not a problem. But there are some passengers, and who knows why, uh, it, it becomes a bit of a issue. And <laughs> I look at it like a airline showdown, like an airline trash showdown. They don't want to lift up their trash. I don't want to bend over to get it. <laughs> But what they don't realize is it's a showdown that they can't win because I'll just move the cart and sure enough they start waving and handing you trash. <laughs> and then there's some passengers. This is the ones, you know, lots of times I will bend down and get it, but there are sometimes especially if they have that attitude, you know, it has something to do with being a public servant that they'll they'll give that little wave of a hand that I don't think anybody likes. Sort of <sighs> You know, like, take it away, ugh, you know, and they expect you to bend over and get it. So sometimes that's really when I don't want to bend over. So that's when I do the airline showdown that I always win. Now, I hope that you realize that the struggles represented in this episode are very rare. And that's why they're interesting because they're few and far between. So I think that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel the world together. And I hope that your life is relatively struggle free. Thanks. Bye.